0: There's only one authority on the Tennessee Titans, and that's the Tennessean. And there's only one show that's an authority, too. And you've found it. This is Talkin' Titans. Hello, everybody. We're Talkin' Titans, and I am Tommy Dees, sports director at the Tennessean. We have with us Eric Bacharach. Are you related to the guy who wrote all those great songs? No, every now and then I'll I'll
1: lie and be like he was my grandfather. Although my dad... I, I that's Burt Bacharach. Right, Burt Bacharach. He used to say that... All the Bacharachs descended from the same town in Germany, so maybe he 's like
0: he 's you know you trace my lineage you're in the right town if you can write songs yeah exactly he's he wrote many great ones. Do you know what the Brill building was is uh, you no, don't no, that's don't. that was like the songwriting factory in New York where all these great like uh-huh. like almost everything you would hear on an oldie station from like the fifties and 50s and back before the rock and roll era almost all of it was written in that one building and he was one of them mm. then he became an artist
1: mm. well so. i if i ever meet him i have to thank him because people that know how to say my name
0: and know you're from because new of york. him and i'm from new york yeah yeah so so we're talking titans and music mm-hmm. and we have a new person with us gentry estes our new columnist here at the tennessee why don't you introduce yourself and tell the people who you are
2: hello everyone glad to uh, be a part of uh talking titans the uh, with this distinguished crew, I um I that was a great question actually about Bert Backrack. I, I
1: wondered that mm-hmm. actually. You probably should have said that you were because I know every now and then I'll I'll say you know distant relative and that may or may not be true. But again, it it lets people know how to pronounce my name so. I owe that guy a drink,
0: probably somewhere down the line. Uh, not sure he's still with us, but if he is, well, we'll do some yeah, research gotta, and get back to the people. <laughs> he made a
2: cameo in an Austin Powers movie, I right? Okay. The yeah. first one. Yeah, mm-hmm. he played the piano. So uh, glad to be here. Uh, was uh, just started a couple of weeks ago, but uh, have have been able to to be at uh, the Titans' first two regular season games, and you know things are moving fast. But uh, it's a great place to uh, great place to be. And you joined us from. I've spent the the last four and a half years or so at the Courier Journal in Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I had all kinds of different roles there uh, mostly covering the the college programs there with Louisville and Kentucky a lot of horse racing a lot of basketball, a little bourbon yeah, not a far n- not too far to go about a two and a half hour drive down the road but it's, it's good to be in the music city. I think everybody who's listening probably knows um probably knows that and
0: um let's 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 get to talking some uh, some titans well first I need to tell you because you mentioned the bourbon thing my our mutual friend Ben Jones who is kind of a snob about these things cuz he's a Kentucky lad mm-hmm. if you called what they produce in Tennessee bourbon he would violently and vehemently object because this is sour mash according to him that, that Only is bourbon, is, yes. bourbon comes from kentucky by god the, um, that is that is very much a thing there yes and, <laughs> so and you, you know that you've, you've met a few yeah. bourbon snobs so <laughs> so let's do talk titans um boy a heck of a game this past weekend where they set the field on fire mm-hmm. before the game but not during the game right so what do you think about the fire
1: i was i was dangerously close. Uh, Yeah, you were on the field. I was on the field, apologized to my mom uh, shortly after the game for being as close as I was. By the way, Grandpa Bert is alive. I checked. He's 91 years old and and hanging in there. So that's good news.
0: Give me a C, a bouncy C.
1: (laughs) So yeah, so I was probably 15, 20 yards away. I don't remember why I looked up. I think I remember hearing somebody shout and then at some point i heard somebody yell gas and that and then it kind of registered in my mind that i want to be shooting this video and i want to you know document it but i also don't want to you know Die. get torched in the process right so i started backing away at that point but it, it was you know i'm sure it was quite a scene from the press box but it was honestly pretty scary there for for 10 or 15 seconds on the field
0: yeah yeah we saw it from the press box it was immediately noticeable i'll tell you that because mm-hmm. they do the pyros but some, they're supposed to stop at a certain point mm-hmm.
2: well and then there was I, I think they made a first run at it with a fire extinguisher one guy and and it wasn't enough and that there would
0: that was that was, that was a little bit like taking a bottle of water and trying to pull pu- put out a house fire you yes. know so people
2: started running and yeah you know i've i've seen videos of, of fires in stadiums and and english soccer in the 80s and it can go pretty quick so yeah maybe maybe about 15 20 seconds where it was a little scary but they did they did douse it eventually
0: interesting to me because in certain portions of the sideline they have these tarp like things that they put down above the grass i guess so cheerleaders have a Mm -hmm. space to work on or something flame retardant would be a good way to go there but not the way they chose because that actually ended up being a little bit of fuel for the fire right and and some of that burned about about a third of the one near it burned off so for the future titans might be if you're going to invest in those things maybe something that won't spread fire would be a good idea if you're going to have pyro near, near it
2: it was Ye- fortunate i thought too it was it was on the sideline but it didn't actually get on the field mm-hmm. it was pretty close too i mean it was uh, yeah i mean less it, than uh, a foot from the once, side they,
0: once they were done with it it was it was no more turf there burned right through that
2: so it it no delay for the game or anything that because of that surprising. but what happens if the field starts yeah you
0: know, I mean, it
1: would have yeah. been on the day that they retire a couple legends numbers not the way you want to start it
0: not the way you want to start any game quite sure. frankly but it, it did nobody got hurt mm-hmm. the game itself i won't we won't go dumpster fire but uh very disappointing for the titans didn't get it done on third down so let's start there.
1: Yeah, you know, I was I was actually sort of just crunching the numbers last night. They're 3 for 20 on third down this season. 2 for 10 against the Browns, 1 for 10 this past week against the Colts, which is last in the league percentage-wise. And I think the average distance that they've needed on third down is 11 yards, which average. is average. Average. They've needed, on average, third and 11 to com- convert on third down. They've had a bunch of, like, third and 18s. I-, I think their conversions have only come on third and four or less. So, I mean, that that's really, you know, an indictment of-, of what's going on in first and second down more than anything else. And I think, you know, that's where the problem starts. And I think that's part of why we're not seeing maybe Adam Humphreys. That's-, that's part of it uh, as involved as, as maybe we would have suspected just because he's an underneath guy. And on third down when it's third and you know, eleven or more, you might not be looking for for him. You might be, you know, looking for for more yardage. So, I think that's the root of a lot of problems. Three for twenty is not going to cut it, and third and eleven, on average, is not going to cut it.
0: Well, one thing is is on the the underneath throws on third and long. Mm-hmm. I thought they routinely. I thought it was by design that they try to throw four yards on third and six. Mm-hmm. I never quite get their philosophy. First of all, you got a quarterback who, for whatever reason, will not look downfield, mm-hmm. or if he does, and there's not a guy wide open, then he dismisses that notion. So they rarely throw beyond the, the yard markers to begin with. Mm-hmm. But you're right that, that that still comes back to offensive line as much as anything. Sure. If you're in third and long that often,
2: and I, I know going into the season that was a big concern was how the, the Titans. We're going to adjust with uh, with kind of a makeshift offensive line and and you know missing Taylor Lewan and Cleveland it it did show up but it didn't cost them enough true but the third down issues now being an issue being a concern two weeks in a row I think a lot yes I think a lot of it has to do with with the offensive line not establishing a tone and I think Mariota Mariota clearly is is getting happy feet in the pocket. I think he doesn't trust his protection right now, and I think one of the reasons he's he's not looking downfield and they're not being more successful is is, is that, is the protection issues.
1: Another interesting stat. I was just going through stats last night. I think Mariota is holding it, or, or the time from the snap to when he throws a pass is 2.95 seconds, which is fourth longest in the league. And, yeah, I
0: saw uh, a stat on what, what Roethlisberger last year was, and it was like... 1.6 yeah which is and, astounding
1: yeah and that's Again, like
0: hot best in the league last yeah. year so mario is holding
1: it for a while and, and that don't
0: even count plays where he doesn't throw it at all
1: right that that excludes sacks or um scrambles presumably. right and on those plays obviously there there were a number of instances against the colts where him holding on to it was really crucial. Ended up in a couple of sacks. It, it really hurt them on the field goal that Caro Santos missed. We're going to talk um, about that one in a minute. Yeah, that pushed them back a little bit. But yeah, I, I mean, I think it's it's a loaded problem right now for, for the Titans, just the number of sacks. Right now it's eight against Mariota, which I think only Andy Dalton and Deshaun Watson have been sacked more. And, and this is a guy that, you know, if he's going to the ground that much, not only are you not going to win games, but just with his injury track record, you can't probably realistically hold expect him to hold up if he's getting sacked four times a game for you know the entire season so they just have to do a better job protecting him because four sacks a game is just a, a diabolical rate
2: how, how much of this do you guys think too is the lack of a true number one receiver Uh he, he goes on those third and 11s he goes to the line I think without a sense of, here's who I can depend on to make a play in this situation. They're not going downfield very often, but are the receivers finding spaces in order for him to do that? I mean, the plays are being extended, whether or not by design, they are being extended, and then receivers are, are perhaps not giving him as much of a chance to, to extend the play. I think guys like Corey Davis, um, A.J. Brown this last game, you, you didn't, Delaney Walker didn't have as good a game, and so it, it wasn't as productive in the second week. So, uh, you do wonder sometimes how different it might look if they had a few more playmakers down the field than what they have.
0: I've got a few things to say about that. Mm-hmm. So first of all, about Mariota getting hit, the sacks are, are definitely a line problem, mm-hmm. and to him holding on to it a little too long sometimes problem. He also voluntarily takes hits. I mean, he scrambles and doesn't slide in a non-first-down situation and gets himself helicoptered. Right. He did that in the preseason, yeah. for he, goodness sake.
1: And, and he that, That's not that. good judgment. It's not. He addressed it after the game and said, I think it happened twice against the Colts. Yes. He said one of them was just a poor decision, which was honestly nice of him to own up to because normally he's like, that's just who if I am. If you can scramble
0: competitor. and get your six yards or your nine yards or whatever it is and you can't get the marker in your slot, I got no problem sure. with that. He's have to got good wheels. Somersault through the air. And you're, I mean, if you're trying to do it to win the game, if you're trying to do it to get the first down to keep, I admire that to just do it. It was like third and long yeah. and he had no chance of diving to the first down marker and he just decided to go airborne. Mm-hmm. That's bad judgment. And and that's something by now he should have learned. Right. And, and that needs to be addressed internally. However, you have to address it to say, okay, that's, that's, that's two bad judgments. One in the preseason, one now that you took unnecessary hits and when we've kind of tried to not get you to hit get hit so let's not do that anymore the thing with the receivers they've got good receivers they don't have a go-to receiver but i'll go back to and, and it's a difference in mentality and it's a difference in ability terry bradshaw one of my favorite quotes from from nfl football is it's a very simple game if he's open you throw it to him if he's not open, you throw it to him anyway and let him show his athletic ability. Mm-hmm. You have to trust these guys to make plays. And Marcus Mariota is a guy who will not throw the ball unless you are already open. The one where he got sacked that led to the missed field goal. Go back and look. And he's got Humphreys running a seam pattern down the middle. Mm-hmm. And I can see what's going to happen. Humphreys, is gonna, it's a skinny post. He's going to break toward the middle. But he hasn't broken yet. And Mar- Marcus holds on to it and holds on to it. If Marcus lets the ball go before he ended up taking the sack Mm -hmm. and throws it to the middle, he's going to catch it and he's going to be wide open because he's got the guy on the outside where he's got the break inside. It's a trust throw. It's a timing throw. Marcus wants to see him make that cut and then be open and then throw it and then hope nobody closes on it because you've waited longer. Mm -hmm. We saw Ben Roethlisberger – During the preseason, throw a touchdown pass at Nissan Stadium to a guy who had not made a cut yet, Mm -hmm. throwing it to the spot you expect him to be. You see elite quarterbacks do that. I see college quarterbacks do that. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, when you throw the fade, you don't wait till the guy gets to the corner of the end zone, you throw it where he's going to be. Marcus almost never throws it to where a guy's going to be. He has to see him be open. And if you have to do that in the NFL, I'm here to tell you, you're not an NFL quarterback. The frustrating
1: thing is is that we see him make... I, I've seen him make throws like that, You know, whether it be, obviously, practice is, is a different situation completely, but there are times when you're like, hey, maybe he can be this type of quarterback, and, and I think, really, that's the frustrating thing with Marcus is that he's kind of straining you along, and, and he's got moments, but uh, you know, I, I think this past week against the Colts was kind of just the perfect encapsulation of, of what makes him so frustrating. There were also a couple of instances during the game where, you know, especially late, where it, it kind of seemed like he was honed in on one guy, even that that pass at the end to A.J. Brown, that was a catchable ball, but also probably could have been placed better, where he, it, it really looks like he's just staring down one guy, doesn't get past his first or second read. And, and that's, you know, what you're asking your, your quarterback to do in, in crunch time is to find an open guy. And, you know, I think if you watch some of the tape, you see open receivers in a number of different scenarios throughout the game, and he's kind of eyeing one guy. And it's, it's just kind of frustrating if you're a Titans fan. I, I understand that.
2: And one thing you do often see college quarterbacks do is when that first, maybe second read isn't there, they will take off and run. And they'll look to do that a little quicker. And it does seem like that's what Marcus is doing. He's, and that's
0: kind of the offense he came from in college, too, where he ran a lot. But but here's the thing. Your, your better quarterbacks keep their eyes downfield when they start to move. And Marcus often doesn't. And that's where you see the guy open. Where, you know, once you get past the line of scrimmage, I get it. Heck, I've, but I've also seen guys pump fake five yards down the field and people buy it. If you are if you get to the point that you can't pass the ball, I understand it. But when you're still behind the line of scrimmage, your duty there to use your legs is to extend the play so you can throw it. Mm-hmm. Not make up your mind immediately that this guy's not open, I'm getting out of here, pass, pass is no longer an option. Mm-hmm. Because that just tells everybody on the defense, you don't even have to cover anymore.
2: One thing, one issue that's come up twice in, in different ways with Marcus is, is trust. We've talked about him not trusting his protection uh, on the offensive line. Right now, we've talked about him not trusting his receivers uh, to, to make plays downfield and throw until you know throw him into space. And you do wonder a guy who has been the quarterback for this franchise as long as he has, if he doesn't have
1: it by now, when is he going to get it? That's the question with Marcus. That's that's the looming question, and the question the Titans unfortunately uh, have to answer this off season. You know, with this being the final year of his rookie contract. So. It'll be interesting to see what he does or doesn't do to help his case, you know, these next few games.
0: And I think we're starting to get some answers, quite frankly. And we'll (laughs) see if those those answers are different, but uh right now I know what answers we've had. And and another team looking for some answers is uh boy but a bad transition there, huh? The Jags. Jaguars uh short work short turnaround week for both teams. Both teams would probably rather have a month off at this point to address some things. Yeah. And the Jags are not without their own locker room distractions at the moment. Right, you've got Jalen Ramsey arguing with, and, and arguing is probably a light word. Uh, heated. Yeah, Jalen, Jalen doesn't just argue. Yeah, People He's being not, held back. Yeah. yeah, you know what you you know what you never hear. You never hear anyone say, "Boy, Jalen Ramsey." I just don't know how he feels about this situation. No, it's it's he, never. let
1: you know that team, uh, and we saw it on the sideline this past week with him getting into it with his head coach Doug Marone so you know it'll I I think it'll be really interesting to see how that sort of bleeds into a short week because it's not like they have an an entire week to sort of get past that they've got just a couple of days and just a couple of days of practice to sort of shake that off and you know remains to be seen what transpires there I think everything is still up in the air at this point
0: yeah and a a Nashville guy and we're recording this on Tuesday morning and that could be a case before the end of the day or the end of the week that the Jalen Ramsey you don't you rarely see a guy demand to get traded and end up with that team playing and being happy about it later.
2: And, you know it's it's become a uh, it's become a theme this year. Uh, <laughs> True. Uh, with with some of these DBs, I mean Mika Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know now Jalen Ramsey. There's talk already this morning about about uh, uh, Jalen Adams with the with the Jets. Right. What do you think that comes from? Is this the Antonio Brownization of (laughs) I can, if things aren't going well on my team in two weeks and the coach jumps on me, I can ask for a trade? That's interesting to me that you're starting to see this with these younger players. These guys were all drafted fairly recently.
1: Yeah, and, uh, you know, say what you want about the Titans, but uh, I think that's one thing they've got going for them, which is, honestly, for us in the media, we would probably like a little bit more brownization. More more spice. Yeah, a little bit more spice. And now you don't have taylor Lewand for four weeks the one yeah. guy who will bring you some of that right the titans locker room like you just never expect any of that to come out of out of just the way that mike vrabel has set up this organization so that's a testament to them but it's been a really interesting trend that we've seen you know just in the past few months uh just sort of i don't know if you want to call it a, a diva thing but you know just players kind of getting their way it'll be interesting to see what happens with ramsey
0: so you don't think the titans are going to trade for for ramsey huh
1: he seems to really fit their their locker room profile. <laughs> I mean, he is a Nashville native, so that there's there's that. And he went on uh, Taylor Lewan and Will Compton's podcast <laughs> in early August, planning the, the boys, seeds, right, and said that if he could play anywhere, it would be here, meaning Nashville or Vegas with the Raiders, who are not yet in in Las Vegas. So take that for for whatever it's worth. But he did he did say that.
2: I will say, as somebody who's only been around the team a couple of weeks and now and now been been a part of things. The best thing i think the titans have going for them is the lack of drama in their locker room yep. i truly believe that 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 is the reason why even even in a year that would go down is not great they still go nine and seven mm-hmm. and i think the titans above maybe any other team in the league would have no use for for that i think that right. that spoils what is working for them as well as anyone i think right now
1: that was uh that was my one of my biggest takeaways from last year you weren't here yet gentry but it was it was an absolute roller coaster of a season beginning with the longest game in NFL history and you know i, w- I would make a prediction every week and i started 0 and 7 just straight up as far as whether the titans would win or lose which was a tes- testament to just how unpredictable and i guess also how uh, inadequate I am at at making picks but also just how how much of a roller coaster those few first few weeks were and through it all the locker room just was steady and I think that was the one thing that helped them push through to the point where in week 17 they had a chance to make the playoffs if they win that game so I, I do think that's a really big strong suit and and you know so much of that credit has to go to Mike Rabel.
0: Yeah, and, and speaking of distractions or non distractions with the Jaguars, I showed you both the picture of Gardner Minshew mm-hmm. uh, getting off the picture. plane in, in Houston. I've like, seen
2: that picture a hundred times. Okay,
0: and... <laughs> just for you, those who haven't seen it, look him up. He's getting off the plane in Houston. He's wearing a, a red pants with a red jacket with with silver sleeves, a white leather belt. the The shirt looks like basically it's somewhere between nineteen sixties Joe Namath and nineteen seventies Burt Reynolds. <laughs> he's got the stash. He's got the shirt unbuttoned down to about halfway down. He's got the gold chain and i gosh i wish we had one of those here to cover yeah looks i guess looks ready for prime time interesting guy though he's a guy who's from small town mississippi who i think went to maybe southern miss on an athletic on an academic scholarship decided no i still want to play football went to one of the directional junior colleges there then went to east carolina then graduated and transferred to washington state where he became a prospect and got drafted i think in the sixth round Sixth round yep and now he's the starter because nick Foles, who they put all their money on and, and all their eggs in that basket's gone mm-hmm. so you would think this would be to the advantage of the titans defense and that secondary to yes. be playing a, a guy who's an untested although i do think he's a very accurate passer mm-hmm.
2: i I, I well I'm impressed with the choice of clothing and, and what I'd follow that guy into <laughs> into war any yeah. day. <laughs> he does. He he has he has some swagger about him, but this league can expose you pretty quickly, and I do think it is a tough matchup. I, th- this game on Thursday, I think, is going to be a... Tony
0: Romo never had that
1: much swagger. Yeah, this that's this, overcompensating a bit, but...
2: I do not think the offensive numbers for anyone in this game Thursday are going to be very good. I think yeah. it's going to be a, a tough whoever makes the most mistakes kind of situation. And in that kind of game... I'm not sure I want a quarterback who who hasn't played very much.
1: Well, that's that's one thing that the Titans have going for them is being on the right side of mistakes. They're plus five in turnovers for the season, four interceptions. Uh, Logan Ryan's got two of them. He's off to a really and good And both start. were really
0: nice breaks on balls. They right. were just poorly thrown things. No, they were in good
1: reads. He jumped some routes. So he's looking really strong. I think that's a key is just to sort of rattle the rookie who honestly seen that
0: that. I do he's going rattle that guy. Yeah, that that kind of changes. He does have the swagger. Like he he, 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 thinks he belongs.
2: Let's, let's let him play
1: yeah. a few more
0: games. He thinks we he talk belongs. About,
2: let's
1: let us let's, 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 let's
0: give that a little while.
1: Okay. <laughs> yeah, this this could be his his true initiation right here. You know, facing this Titans secondary, which is which is pretty pretty darn good.
0: Yeah, and the pass rush has been while not like league changing, lead leading. It's been better than than it was last year, which is was one of the main goals for this team. Right. I think I think it was.
1: It's been really strong, especially. Uh, that's not just having a couple of sacks. That's also putting some pressure, pressure. on your guys. Right. I think that's especially true with the context of last season and how non existent it was at sometimes. You know, the, the problem against the Colts was trying to actually tackle finishing six foot four, like 230, 40 pounds, Jacoby Brissett, who's pretty elusive for, for that frame yeah uh, you know,
0: there was a few times where just his size and, and he's got a little bit of speed right i mean it wasn't like you know some water bug running around there and you just couldn't get him but yeah once you get your hands on him that doesn't mean he goes down
1: yeah he was tough to wrap up and, and then he's
0: got a little burst that you wouldn't expect from a guy that size
1: yeah for sure with th- with that frame i was i mean that's the first time i've seen him playing i was surprised yeah you know just at how tough he was to wrap up um or tough, you know, he was to, to sort of um, get loose and, and kind of put some moves on people. So, but you know, on the whole, I think the getting to the quarterback has been a lot better through two games so far this year than it has than it was last year.
2: And against a, a very good Colts offensive line too, they True. they were they were nasty up front. And despite the when Andrew Luck retires, the Colts obviously everyone just assumes they're not going to be any good, and, and perhaps rightfully so. I mean, obviously Andrew Luck's a different
0: he's an, he's a different an elite kind of quarterback. quarterback. But that team
2: was built to win now, and they were built to win now up front on both lines of scrimmage. And I think they got the better of the Titans on both lines of scrimmage, with the possible exception of the pass rush. And Mm -hmm. I think a lot of that had to do with the secondary being very good Mm -hmm. and getting some coverage sack kind of situations. The Titans are not the team you want to have to be trying to catch in the fourth quarter. Mm -hmm. They're very good In the secondary, but they're also good at at getting after you from a pass rush standpoint when you become predictable. I think the Browns found that out. Mm -hmm. The thing about the Titans is they're going to be the kind of team that if they can keep the game the way they want it and have the lead late, they're going to be very tough to beat. They've just got to get to that
0: point. And And how do they get to that point? That goes back back to the guy 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 we always talk about, Derrick Henry. And I don't understand why – I, I, this is the third year in a row that we're too early to say this is true yet, but it was true the previous two years that you've had a coaching staff go two-thirds or more of the way through the season, three-fourths of the way of the season, say, oh, wow, we have this really huge running back who's won a Heisman Trophy. Let's give him the ball a lot and see what happens. Mm-hmm. It took that last year of trying to be some kind of Mickey Mouse, running every Mickey Mouse play in the wonderful World of Disney playbook, mm-hmm. horizontal passing game, <laughs> See that that didn't work, and then say, Well, let's just give it to the brute and be physical, which is what they got and what they're built for. Mm -hmm. And now we get to the second game of the season after what he did in the first game. And I think he was not even on the field in the entire, was it second or third quarter? Like, like, there's uh, an entire quarter where Derrick Henry never even walked onto the field. Yeah, like, he been, tried to twice, and they said no.
1: might have been the third. He wasn't on the field to start the fourth, which was kind of like, you're, you're like, what's going on? Is, is he and the
0: explanation something? was, well, we're saving him. We want him to be fresh. You don't want Derrick Henry to be fresh. Mm. Derrick Henry not being out there knocking defenders down he lets them be fresh. Mm-hmm. He's better from carry 20 to 25 and 25 to 28 than he is 1 to 8 and That's 1 true. to 10.
2: To me, there was... No excuse for Deion Lewis and Derrick Henry splitting reps thirty thirty snaps. Yeah, the the that I don't understand that at all in that kind of football game. If you're down thirty points and you've got to throw, you know, maybe
0: mm-hmm. time out. We got one running back on this team that we're covering that has a seventy five yard touchdown catch. Mm-hmm. We've got another running back that does not have one of those and hasn't gained more than. A handful of yards on any of the catches he has don't tell me deon lewis is only is out there because it's a passing situation you got one guy who can take it to the house in a passing situation you got another guy that can't so if they haven't figured that out i don't understand
2: and, why deon lewis was out there ever really at all i mean he he didn't run the ball i think three carries uh, henry had one more target than he did to going back to that point and and Uh, You become really predictable when you do that because they're basically telling the Colts that if number 22 is out there, we're going to run him. And if Mm -hmm. he's not, we're probably going to throw it. And that's that's what ended up happening in that game.
1: I agree. I agree with all of that. I will say that, you know, the first half of last season, we kind of saw what dion lewis brings to the table and, and you know he made a, a couple of nice plays and, and he was honestly the the guy more so than than henry through the first half of last season
0: because they're knuckle making four calls <laughs> but go ahead one of right. them's a head coach
1: now but i, I think he's back. best used as as just a compliment i i think i think the the snap count should be 80 20 you know I, I just think that's what it should be i think he's a good change of pace guy if if henry needs a breather sure you know, he's He's got a very different skill set, so I think he could be a weapon in that regard. I, I mean, I, I don't think there's a game the rest of the way if, if Derrick Henry is fully healthy where he shouldn't get at least 20 carries. He got 15 against the Colts on Sunday.
2: I think what everyone kind of pointed to after the game was henry had three straight runs there to end the third quarter yeah where and he
0: was he's starting got the, to i think it was the second quarter he went not didn't play anyway yeah he's got he's starting to go downhill mm-hmm. and, and let's oh well now let's get him out of there and you know who enjoyed
2: that move the most was the colts because they look they, they were starting to look like a defense that was tired of dealing with him uh-huh. and fourth quarter game on the line they didn't really have to deal with him right and I think that's what everybody – he was just getting going, and now you take him out after a quarter break. That didn't make a lot of sense.
0: And, and you know, that's worth saving him for later. Well, you know, you're one and one now. You're going to save him for later? They saved him half of last year. Mm-hmm. You know, no. A running back like Derrick Henry is, is a true workhorse. I mean, he he's he's – the guy, you, you know, he's a bell cow. You mm-hmm. just give him the ball and you give him the ball and you feed me more and you feed me more until the defense just surrenders. Right. And in some games, that may not work. Mm-hmm. But that was one where it would have. But, I, but when it doesn't, kind of it's because they put eight in the box and you can play action, and now you're getting what you want in the passing game. Mm-hmm. and Mostly.
1: And, I mean, that's another good point is that we saw – Mariota uh, used play action above 40% in the opener. I, I think this week it was like 31%. And we just saw how much more effective the offense was when you're utilizing that. You know, I just think with Henry, he's a guy that, as you mentioned before, Tommy, he's a guy that is better, you know, carries 20 through 25 than he is one to five. He just gets better as the game gets, you know, goes on, as the defense kind of wears down. You just have to stay patient with him. The Titans did a good job of that in week one. It looked like they were you know, kind of going to take the same approach against the Colts, and then they just abruptly stopped using him. And I think that was certainly questionable at the very least.
0: Yeah, if you've got a Darren Sproles and you're putting him on a pitch count because he weighs seventy five and you know he's not going to take 20 hits, and if he does, he's gone, mm-hmm. I understand that. Terry Henry is built like a tree. You you expect him to inflict punishment, and you don't worry about how much punishment he takes.
2: There was a point in that game where, sitting in the press box, we were wondering if if he was banged up. If if well, yeah, like, we
0: were. Is he hurt? Why isn't he out there?
2: Because he's just standing on the sideline with his helmet on. And, and twice
0: I saw where he tried to run on somebody grabbed him, mm-hmm. and it's like no, why?
2: Yeah, and he said after the game he was fine. I don't that that wasn't the issue. So. Why, as somebody who who wasn't around this team last year, and I know this was a theme last year as well, why why does this keep happening with him? Why are they so reluctant to just turn the entire fortunes of the offense over to, in my
1: opinion, their best player? It's a good question. I, you know, I think that that was the question. Kind of everybody in Nissan Stadium had you know this past week, and you know, toward the end of last year, everyone was kind of like, you know, this seemed like the obvious solution. Just Literally, give him the ball on every play, and, and you know, let him do his thing. And so, you know, that that's a good question
0: for uh, I, I don't Rabel, think Arthur Smith. I don't think they have figured out the most obvious thing in the world, which is he's better from carry fifteen on and yeah. twenty on. Then he it takes he has to beat you down. You know, he's like a boxer who's you know like like Joe Frazier is a body puncher, and once he gets you into the eighth or ninth round, he's been pounding your ribs. All of a sudden, now everything doesn't work. That's what he does to other teams, and they rarely get him above 20 carries. They're acting like, let you know, let's give him a light workload like you do some other backs. He's not that type of back, and yeah. I don't understand why they can't grasp that. There are that. backs
1: like that. He's not one of
0: them. And we saw last year a Washington team with a third-team string quarterback come in here with Adrian Peterson, who's— right. Who's the same type back, but much older and stuff. And did they hesitate to give it? He looked like he he was 22 out there. Exactly. And they just gave him the ball and they gave him the ball. If they had a backup running back, nobody knows his name because (laughs) you never saw him. Yeah. And that's what Henry should be. Mm -hmm.
2: And there was just so little offensively that was working consistently for the Titans in this game. Derrick Henry was working when they yep. were giving him the ball. He's averaging five yards a carry. I think he had a run for his longest run of the day at 18 yards there to end the third quarter. You figured something out now, and you figured something out when it's 110 degrees out there. The defense is not going to want to keep dealing with this guy in the fourth quarter. And I think the Titans let him off the hook by by not forcing them to have to deal with him.
0: Yep, I yeah, I, I don't. I think you know. I don't let, think you. They are very easy to let if that is their game plan to let somebody talk them out of it, yeah, all and, that and abandon it
1: being said, going into this week's game, I think this is the week that he uh, eclipses hundred rushing yards
0: oh Transition. judging from last year's he almost eclipsed it on one carry True. And the only reason he didn't is because the end zone got in his way <laughs> right. because it would have been a four hundred yard run if it there had been four hundred yards territory to run mm-hmm. from his own one yard line ninety nine yards. Uh, NFL record tying run, and mm-hmm. he ended up with two thirty four, or something like that. Two thirty eight. Two thirty eight, I think it was. And he still didn't get like twenty five carries in that game. I yeah. want to say it was nineteen. Maybe. I
1: mean his his yards per carry number was obviously when you have a ninety nine yard in there, is it's going to be astronomical. But that was that was just the start. You know, like he had that crazy game, and you are like, how can he? Follow this up, and he did through the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. He was a true bell cow. You know, he, he was just the guy that, that they could lean on that this offense needs. You know, this is a, a team, an offense that when it's working at its best is, you know, a run first team that, you know, likes to use two tight ends and, and uh, uses the play action a lot. So they need to get him back. You know, again, I think it's unrealistic to expect the Derrick Henry that we saw last December, but if you could get him at 75% of that, I,
0: I think you're in really good shape. I don't think it's unrealistic to say he's the same guy.
1: He's Does that mean he gets
0: 238 right? yards every time? Of right. course not, because you're not going to have a 99 yard run every game. Mm-hmm. But you've already had a 75 yard touchdown pass out of him. Mm-hmm. He's also pounding away at five something a carry. I think he is the same guy at the end of last year. They just have to decide, like they did at the end of last year, that this is what we got. And mm-hmm. this is, you know, we're going to ride this horse until this horse is, can't ride anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that should start this Thursday in Jacksonville. So how do we see it going, guys? I've got – I don't know why I do this to myself. I've got the Titans winning 20-17 to because even though it's a road game, I think they're somewhere between the team we saw in Cleveland and the team we saw in Indy Mm -hmm. against Indy. And I think they will rely on Derrick Henry to the point that the week later they'll say, well, we don't have to do that anymore, and they'll forget about him and we'll go through this again.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. I said 17-16 Titans, and I, I, tr- I actually don't believe there'll be that many points scored by both teams. I, I think it's going to be three to nothing, seven to three. This is going to be an, a twelve to nine, a pretty uh, ugly Thursday night game between two teams that lost wars on Sunday in hot conditions and
0: have to turn around on four days.
2: After you lost these hard fought games and then I mean, the Jaguars, they they go for the two-point conversion at the end of their game. I mean they they had a pretty heartbreaking it result in their game too and, and they they almost beat the Texans and I think that's a credit to how good they are defensively. They're still very, very good defensively. I think we'd say the Titans are a lot better right now on defense than offense as well. Guys this has all the makings of another 9 to 6 kind of kind of game and and again going back to the Jags having to have an inexperienced quarterback out there I think that will that will show up at some point at a key moment in the game mm-hmm. I think the Titans have the ability defensively uh, to make a play or to force a mistake with the pass rush and gives themselves good field position to maybe punch in a score that wins the game, but punch I, in I,
0: another field goal.
2: But th- this was, <laughs> of course, I sit here and say this, and it'll be forty-one to thirty-eight. Right. Well, but the NFL it. will do that. Too. Yeah, that's right. what I'm
1: saying. It has all, it has all the, the makings of a nine-to-six game, so it's going to be thirty-five to thirty-four or something. I, I have the Titans winning twenty-two to seventeen. I have them covering that spread. You know, this is a game for for both teams that whoever loses this falls to zero and two in in the division, which is huge. You know, if the Jaguars lose, they they're winless. The Titans. If they lose this, you know, week one, all that excitement, all that hype, you know, beating the Browns by 30, that might as well be, you know, two years ago, whatever.
0: This is a division where the division champions go into the playoffs and nobody else is. Probably this is not a wild card division way. this year.
1: This year, you're probably right. Just, just with the way. Yeah, you're right. You know, it. it Historic of recently, it's been you know this has been a tough division. You it's got been, luck
0: there, then maybe they're sure. really really good, and your second place team is but this pretty division darn good. is
1: falling apart injury wise, and right
0: you know we see the, so this is a crucial game because it's it's a conference a, a divisional game.
2: Yeah, uh, you know I, I I think it is the the, the I, about the wild card aspect of that. I think that the Texans are still a, a pretty capable team with the guys they have running around on offense. Their they're
0: they're going to win the division, so who's the wild
2: card? <laughs> I think the, uh, <laughs> the, the Jags. I mean, Andy, the, the Titans and Colts both, I think, are going to be in that yeah. seven, eight,
1: nine win range. I, I think the, the Colts could sneak up on some people. You all are
0: watching an entirely different league than I.
1: <laughs> I think the Titans could too. We'll see. I think they'll win this game. They've been really good against the Jaguars of late. Four straight, five, six to the last seven. They usually take care of business,
0: even even down
1: there in Jacksonville. So, so
0: we'll see. Well, that's it for Talking Titans, and we'll be back next week. I hope you will subscribe to this and download it uh, at iTunes or wherever you find your favorite podcasts. And also consider a subscription to Tennessean.com to follow Eric and Gentry in their coverage of the Titans. Talking Titans hosts each Thursday at Tennessean.com. You can also subscribe to Talking Titans for free on Apple Podcasts and Google Play. I'm Sean King. Talking Titans is a production of the Tennessean,